For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Through a little gap for the run of Shelby, who turns in the area. Shelby then turns again. Now in the third time, and then Shelby with a curler! John Joe Shelby has brought Newcastle level. He may have just kept them in the League Cup. It's an excellent finish from Shelby. Just when they needed a big goal, he has provided one. Newport County one, Newcastle United oh, one. Great finish. Great skill as well. He puts the boy on his backside twice and then he just curls it past the keeper, top corner. He always felt it was coming. Can they go and get a winner now? Five penalties apiece. Sudden death now. 4-4 in the shootout. And Newcastle's sixth penalty. Longstaff. Goal. Sends the keeper the wrong way. Played it to Townsend's left. And same as a few moments ago, if Newport failed to score, Newcastle United are through. It's BBC Radio Newcastle penalty shootout in the League Cup fourth round after a one-all draw. Here's the Newport penalty. Oh, short run-up, don't like it. And it's over the bar! Brandon Cooper has skied it, and Newcastle United are through to the quarter-finals of the League Cup, beating Newport County. was on the 92 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus from Barbara's she was heavy laden and away we went along Collingwood Street that's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to CHN Radio it's your Newport County recap the Carabao Cup Newcastle United survived, they beat an absolute juggernaut, a force to be reckoned with in Newport County today in penalties. Uh, everyone knew it was going to go to Penns to be such a tough side like Newport, uh, so we're very privileged, very happy to be advancing to the quarterfinals, the Carabao Cup. Uh, who who would have thought that Newcastle could go to Newport on, on a Wednesday and beat such a tough squad? Elijah, the, the best damn coast in the land. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you're talking about one of the grittiest, you know, clubs out there that was still in the EFL trophy, just knocking off powerhouses like Swansea and uh, and uh, who else Watford, did they played? Norwich, maybe? Oh, Watford, yeah. And knocking off those powerhouse clubs. So it was always going to be a tough one for Newcastle. So I'm glad we kind of barely snuck through that one. Had to go to Penns, but, you know, that's what happens when you're playing a team of this caliber. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. They're definitely not three tiers below us. Uh, that's don't listen to that jargon. Yeah, uh, they're definitely a, 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 one of the best clubs in the world. Probably, they're, apparently they're in the Champions League. That's what they're I heard. definitely one of the best clubs in Wales. <laughs> uh, yeah, wow, they beat Swansea, so that's a little yeah, Welsh. They, they Welsh are. Prime. They are the best team they, in Wales. Yeah, they're the best <laughs> team in Wales. They beat Swansea. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Who would win, Newport County or the Welsh national team? People are asking. Yeah, and I think it's a no-brainer. Um, we'll we'll uh, we'll just push that off to Gareth Bale when he comes on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, That'd uh, be something. If we got Gareth Bale before the Tottenham guys, <laughs> imagine getting Gareth Bale before like any Newcastle player because the club won't let us. Yeah, <laughs> literally. All right. Hey, you... hey, Elliot Anderson. Oh, don't 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 tease him. No teasing, yeah. Hey, who knows? But hi, mom. Uh, so uh, give us a follow at chn underscore podcast. Me at NEOC underscore Greg and Elijah at Elijah underscore Newsome. And follow the main account at Coming Home NUFC. In this show, we will be talking about all the great, glorious, fantastic things that happened in this match in the fourth round of the Carabao Cup, which Newcastle won on penalties. We'll go through that, and then. Uh, do our typical match recap fun. And then we're, at the end of this, we're going to preview our upcoming match this weekend against Burnley uh, right before the international break. So it's going to be a jam-packed show for you. So we'll get right into it with our three words. 
So, after every match, we post on Twitter to comment below three words to describe the match on Twitter, and we'll read them on CHRM Radio. And we keep our promise, except for that one time where we had like 150. Uh, we didn't read all of those. Yeah. Um, but this one, only 10% of that. Um, so we'll start. Eric at Stumanji says League Two champions. We, we would definitely win League Two. Um, <laughs> yeah, we would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Claret and Blue Pixels uh, says, oh, at Dazzla84 underscore SSFC says total utter garbage. Uh, resilient Coastal Gull at Anthrax Jones. <laughs> Says all Rafa's fall. Michelle at Mish one two one zero one one. Utter utter tripe. Uh, Ohio tune says a tactician Bruce is not. That is one two three yes. four five words. Uh, yeah, Mac, just not. <laughs> Mac with coming in with the one of the best handles out there. Tooney McToon face. Um, Stevie Cup wonders. Northern Man at Northern Man 2020 says, I missed it. And then in parentheses said, thank fuck. Uh, so is parentheses, does that count as words if you throw it in parentheses? No, I think that's like a, hey, uh, like just in case you didn't understand, like an explanation of the three words. Ah, okay, okay. So you're good, Northern Man. You, you pass. Uh, Joe Terry at Joseph underscore Terry says, hey, why not? Mr. Steer Your Wheel Wide at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo says Brucey loves Andy. <laughs> uh, Blake at B Mush says didn't deserve it. Don Abel at Z Zahors. <laughs> Zach the Bacon, Don says. Sandra Farn at Hockey Mom 41 says more gray hairs. S-E Mag at S-E underscore Magpie says fluked it again. And Steve Wilson at Jordy Cavalier says get Bruce out. Elijah, are there any that I missed? I don't, I don't think so. Okay, good. I would hate to have missed. Um, okay, so before this match, I asked Twitter if I was in keeper and we started our best line at Wood, Newcastle win, and it does not look like they would have <laughs> because I would not have saved many of those shots today. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we would have lost. Okay, so good thing we had Mark Gillespie, kind of. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, the lineups. Uh, we had Mark Gillespie, Mankio, Kraft, Fernandez, who's the captain, uh, Jamal Lewis, Shelby, Sean Longstaff, Murphy, Almiron, Fraser, and Carroll. On the bench, this is important. We had Carl Darlow, Fabian Cher, Jeff Hendrick, Isaac Hayden, Elliot Anderson. The Golden and Wilson. Big day. Uh, 17 year old Elliot Anderson makes the squad. Number six on my top 20 prospects. Uh, could be moving up soon. We'll, we'll get to that in quotes. Mm. Um, but that was a big day. Even though he didn't make his debut, I mean, to have to be 17 years old and getting in like that at Newcastle is not an easy feat. So, but Elijah, talk to us about your lineup. What do you think about this when? Yeah. Uh, um, I immediately thought it's, it's going to be some sort of four-two-three-one. Uh, could see a, some odd like four-four-one-one with like Amaron playing just behind Carroll or something. But I thought it'd be four-two-three-one. I think you might have pointed this out on Twitter, but it's almost, it was nearly a Premier League lineup. I mean, you could argue that that's a lineup you could see during the season. Especially, you could argue that there was a lineup kind of similar to that in the restart. There was that lineup where Atsu Muto started. So, I mean, like, I feel like that was a, it was, a, it was a strong team. Like it's a team that uh, on paper is a, is, you know, four or five nil uh, winners against Newport County in, in most situations. Uh, so, I mean, I felt good about the team um, really was like, I don't really even need to pay that much attention to this match. Cause it's going to be over blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Didn't even bother looking at Newport County's lineup because uh, like there were, I don't know, there was, there were, didn't, even have, didn't you? Yeah, they didn't even have a guy named Rodney on their team, which is a bit obnoxious when you're yeah. playing at Rodney's parade. But uh, yeah, I mean, those are my general thoughts, I guess. I guess they had a parade for no one today. 
with the lineup, a couple things were very interesting. Uh, this is definitely the strongest lineup that Seabrooks has named in the Carabao Cup. I would. Would you say that? I think it definitely. Yeah, is. every single player has played Premier League minutes on that team. Yeah, in that team. The surprising thing is there was no DeAndre Yedlin, no Dan Barlasar, and no Christian Atsu in sight. DeAndre Yedlin specifically surprising why he was left out of the squad altogether because he's been in these. Uh, it's so, since last season. He's pretty much played almost. I think he's actually played in every EFL Cup match under Steve Bruce. Yeah. Every almost every cup match. He might have missed one of the FA Cup ones, but he's pretty he got, much played in every single cup match under Steve Bruce. Yeah, you got to wonder if a move may be close there uh, for him being out of the lineup altogether. Uh, Not in the Dan Barlasar. Oh, to that and Christian Atsu surprised that he was left out altogether as well. So um, we do you have anything else to say on this before we move on? No. Also, congrats to Fabian Chair for coming back from injury. Uh, he did play in this game. We'll get to that. And but... my gosh, he looks gorgeous. Yeah, he's... I mean, <laughs> like, the guy. Wow. Huh. Yeah. He's a yeah. looker. Not that, keep uh, your 100%. keep your uh, your wives and girlfriends away from the tally when he's on. Um, after every transfer window, Elijah, you should renew the trend of doing the NUFC players as women, the new additions to the lineup. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Maybe, or I'll just just I'll just write an article ranking the ten hottest Newcastle players after each transfer. Like I've consoled oh, with 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 my girlfriend and her friends, and these are the ten hottest Newcastle players. And number one will always be like John Joe Shelby. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, taking it from his friend Jack Colback. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, um, another just a quick thing on the lineup. Just Elliot's big day. Uh, he, he really had a big day because he was called up to Scotland's U19. Wow. So uh, really big day for Elliot Anderson. Anyway, uh, the match went on the way. It was – a lot was expected. I posted just the same things I posted after Morecambe. This side was strong enough to easily win 4 nothing, And Newcastle came out in a 4-2-3-1. Almiron is the 10. Fraser on the left. Murphy on the right. And then Longstaff and Shelby in the middle – and then surely enough, pretty much right at the start, five minutes in, Newport, the juggernaut that they are, Newport County, take the lead against Newcastle United. Uh, it was a just ridiculously, just an insane shot from very far out. Uh, it dipped, lashed off the bar. Then Abraham gets on the rebound. He uh, it, it bounced up and and. Gillespie got a hand on it, but he got a hand on it right into the net. It, it should have, he, sh he should have saved it, uh, but he didn't. And it's a goal. And it's just like that. Five minutes in one, nothing Newport County. What are your thoughts on that play? Elijah? Um, my first thought was, let me go find that uh, anyone's game uh, poll where they had like 60% of the people vote that they would start Gillespie over Darlow against Tottenham. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, yeah. That's a hundred percent. Um, and again, we never, and like, not, we never, but if you've listened to this pod, cause this happened a few times, um, I am very much in the, in defense of like a keeper never loses you a game. Like, because I've never, I'm always like, it never comes down to like one play. Cause in theory, like you should, you should always be, you should, you should be able to win games. Like that's, that's the thing. It's like, doesn't, it's never, it's a team sport. Soccer is a team sport. Like it can never really come down to one player. And if it does, that means you didn't do enough to make sure that you are in a good enough position to make sure you win. Um, so I usually don't slag keepers, uh, but this was, this was pretty bad. Um, he, he pretty much like, like he got like two hands on it and still just didn't make the save. Um, worth noting, Abraham's is a guy who has an eye for goal. He has four, four goals and three EFL cup matches all against uh, like championship and premier league side. So um just uh, that's Elijah, is he the best striker currently playing in Wales right now? <laughs> is he the best striker currently playing? Um, Could be. People are people are asking. We, I guess. Beat, we beat a team that had the best striker currently playing in Wales. I mean, and I don't know how many goals Swansea have scored this season, but evidently not enough uh, because they lost to Newport County. <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah. Yeah, so, so after this, it was a lot of Newcastle having the ball. Oh, and also, actually, before we move on, uh, Gillespie is getting 
the criticism he deserves, but the player who is not getting the criticism they deserve on this play is Emil Kroft. Got absolutely burnt. That's true. He did. So, uh, he should get But it's fired. again, we can always chalk that up to Emil Kraft was playing center back. So that's, then that was my next thing is, yeah, he's a <laughs> left center back. Left center. We can, it's, it's like, it's really bad when like, this, ha- this has happened multiple times under the Bruce era where, like, a player just makes an error and we're just like, well, Steve was playing him, like, just not in his position. So you can't fault him too much. Like, I remember with the Jetro thing where Steve was like, oh, yeah, Jetro, get in there and play center man. And everyone's, like, slagging Jetro. And then we're like, well, I mean, Jetro Williams is a left back. And then, like, he came on thinking he was going to play left back. And Steve was like, oh, no, play center mid. <laughs> <laughs> so, like – um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Kraft, he he should have done better. He also was – he should have been there for the uh, – to, to close out on Abrahams too. So, um, a kind of double error there between him and, and Gillespie. But, yeah, we can move on. Yeah, and for the next 25 minutes, it was just Newcastle controlling the match, uh, controlling the ball, but just giving it away. Uh, it, the strategy was literally just long ball up to hit Carroll and then – We'd lose possession, get it right back, and try it again. The only bright spot in probably the whole first 30 minutes of this was Jacob Murphy. Once again, uh, dominating lower-tier competition. Uh, Jacob Murphy was forcing a few saves from from their goalkeeper, who had a pretty good day as well. Uh, but he was probably Newcastle's rare, like, actual bright spot. Like, we were controlling everything, but Jacob Murphy was uh, probably the only person that tried to do anything. Um and there was some miscommunication going on too. Um, you could tell there's a little bit of frustration on Newcastle side because, you know, um, I mean, again, it's still kind of early on. And because the lineups are tinkered with so much um, and you don't really have that full preseason, you got all these players bringing in. They were just like, oh man, I thought Fraser was going to do this. And you have Maggie playing a ball and there's no one there. Or, you know, you have Fraser playing a ball and, and no one's there. Um I think what is worth noting, though, and I mean, if we're going to talk about players in the first half, Andy Carroll was just not great. I mean, you could say that no one was particularly like amazing uh, in the first half outside of, you know, Jacob Murphy had his chances. But Andy Carroll was just god awful. Uh, I mean, he was losing the ball a lot. Um, He as a forward, he wasn't really in the box. It was kind of almost regressing to Joel Linton of last season there were a couple balls that were played into the box and just Andy Carroll wasn't in the box and it's like not only are you a striker but you are literally like like you've made your name as a target forward so it was just a little bit weird he was dropping deep a lot and it wasn't really necessary um you had plenty of players who were capable of carrying the ball forward but Andy Carroll felt the need to drop deep Uh, there was even times where he was crossing balls in there was a moment where he was playing a long ball up the pitch to Miguel Amaroni. And I was like, what? Like, why are you doing that? So uh, Andy Carroll, just not his best match. No, uh, but also like the long balls. To- so it went to halftime. There's literally nothing else notable to talk about. Um, Newport was up one, nothing at halftime. And uh, aside from those glimpses from Jacob Murphy that we spoke about, uh, it, it was this, it was long ball up to Carroll. And even those long balls were bad. Like they weren't also inaccurate uh, when, when they were trying to make them work. Like sometimes Carroll was in the right spot, but sometimes the long ball was just never going to work. Uh, and part of that is like, you have a bunch of people on the pitch who there's only one guy on the pitch who's really suited to consistently play good long balls. And it's John Joe Shelby. Like that's not really Sean Longstaff's game. Um, and he wasn't really trying to do that either. He was trying to find pockets of space kind of trailing Amron. That's not really Amron's game either. He's never a guy to like, let me ping a ball like way forward because he's usually trying to be active, making these quick little one-twos. And that's not Ryan Fraser's role. It was very odd because like none of these players that were chosen are really like long ball-esque players. Like I understand if you're maybe playing like a Jeff Hendrick, Jeff Hendricks out there, but a lot of the players Newcastle played were direct players. Like they like to run at guys. You have yeah. Jacob Murphy who's just sprinting at people. I don't know who's sprinting at people. Fraser who's sprinting at people. And then, like, Newcastle's game plan was to just hoof it forward and hope Andy knocks it down. And it's it was just an interesting strategy. Uh, Definitely yeah. interesting. <laughs> interesting. Um, all right. So, uh, we'll get into, right into the second half now. Um, it was no changes. And Newcastle had a chance right away with Fraser. Uh, he was played through by, by the way, great ball. Sean Longstaff mm-hmm. uh, played it to Fraser. 
the keeper blocked it, then Almiron hit it straight at him at the keeper. Uh, so good chances there, but still nothing put in. Uh, at the 60-minute mark, still down one nothing, And that was really it. Almiron and Fraser, the only two real opportunities of the first 15 minutes of the second half. And then that's when we got our subs. Uh, we had Joel Linton and Callum Wilson coming on for Andy Carroll and Gail Almiron. So Joel Linton came on as a 10 or, or a second striker. I, I'm not sure exactly how that was laid out. Um, but it kind of worked. It like yeah. it was pretty – the side was pretty direct. Uh, Wilson was just like begging for the ball. He just wanted to score so bad. Um, still no chances though. And then shortly after Emil Kraft came off for an actual center back, Fabian share, uh, first appearance of the season. So happy to have him back. And as Elijah mentioned, looked tremendous. He did. Um, yeah, we, we, again, rest of the second half, we were starting to find space, starting to create more chances. Fraser was everywhere. Crosses were being laid in by Murphy Fraser had another one-on-one in which yeah. he, he missed. Um, so yeah. there's that. Uh, and I, I mentioned that on Twitter and Bournemouth fans, they crawled out of there, crawled out of, uh, crawled out from the championship and were like, Oh, Oh, wow. Get used to seeing that. Like, and you know, things <laughs> like that. And, and one guy was like, yeah, glad he couldn't be arsed to like help us stay promoted. And I was like, I mean, I don't know. It feels like everyone on your, uh, Seems like a lot of people in Bournemouth hate Ryan Fraser uh, because of how bad he was, but then they're also mad that he didn't stay and help them. I, I don't. It was it was a lot. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, same run in middle. Jacob Murphy had a lot of chances. He was just out here shooting. He, and I, I mean, why not? He's done that yeah. two matches in a row, and it it resulted in him getting a goal last week. Last week, so yeah, can't hate oh, it. Oh, definitely. Uh, and then we got our goal. 85th minute, John Joe Shelby has been pretty bad uh, this season, just in general, just not as good as he could be. And it was a very, very important goal because imagine full-time coming and we lose one nothing to Newport. Uh, but he takes his time, left side of the box. He sold his defender on a check and then curled the ball into the far corner. Beautiful goal. Was. Finally, we scored, and it's one to one with five minutes to spare. Uh, we we tied the junker knot that is Newport County. What's your thoughts on that play, Elijah? I mean, it was one of those things where uh, it's. I honestly, I was like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind losing, and then just like not having to watch the penalty shootout because I mean, I had two just long games going at the same time. I was also watching the Braves play at that same time, and it was just a pitcher's duel. So I was like. I just need someone to put me out of my misery in terms of just like being on edge. And so I was hoping that just like Newport, you know, either do that or, you know, Newcastle would have scored by then. And, uh, but you know, Hey, you take the goal. It's a good goal. A uh, good effort by John Joe. Um, a little bit of a frustration shot. Like obviously just wanted to kind of create something out of nothing when you get into the last 10 minutes, that's kind of what happens. And, you know, it worked out for him, so you can't really be too upset, but you also can't ignore the fact that he was pretty garbage uh, for a ball, uh, for a ball, a, a midfielder who's like prided himself, who prides himself on being able to play good passes and, and, you know, like be really good and neat and tidy in possession. Like he just wasn't uh, this whole match. So, yeah. Uh, so it was six minutes of out of time. We got nothing out of it. It was all Newcastle towards the end, but, but still couldn't get the win. So we went to penalty shootouts and of all the things that go well together in this world, um, it's not Newcastle and penalties. Oh yeah. It's not, that's not one of those things. Um, so the, the first one came up, it's Callum Wilson. Goal. Yeah. Expected. Well taken. Beautiful. It's and- expected because he's not, he's not associated with that Newcastle and penalties bad relationship because yeah. he's only taken one penalty at Newcastle and well, I guess now two and he's two for two. So like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, and then we have our, then Newport uh, first penalty taker step up is to be true. He scored. Then to make it one, one, then Jolinton steps up. Saved. 
<laughs> he saved it. It was a good save, but Jolinton missing a penalty, Elijah. It's one of the worst things that can happen to it. And like, the thing is, I don't know if it's that big of a deal. If it's any other player who takes a penalty, like, I don't know. It just, it's, it's because it's Jolinton. It's bad. Like it, that's the thing, dude, like immediately the takes were flying in and it's like, I was like, I mean, I hope we win this penalty shootout just for Jolinton's sake, because like, he's just going to get so much abuse. And, you know, I mean, you miss a pen against the league two side, like that's, what's going to happen. But I also, in my head, and I don't know if Newcastle fans were thinking this in my head, I'm like, Greg, Newcastle and penalties go, don't go well. I was fully expecting Newcastle to lose this penalty shootout and miss two or three penalties because like we've done that multiple times. Like we just don't, we haven't, we literally just don't convert penalties. We won like four last season and converted none. of them. Yeah. <laughs> So like, like we, we went up a man, won a penalty and didn't convert it. Like, and Oh, there was one, I think Matt Ritchie, like he, he missed it. And then like, they, it was like a violation. So we had to retake it and then he missed it again. Like, I don't know. Wait, he uh, did that. He did that. He did that in the championship, but he made both of them. I, I remember this season. There was a retake. I think he might have made the first one and missed the second one. I remember Matt Ritchie took a penalty and there was a violation. And he had and he like missed the second one or something like that. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It was a good save. Um, Greg, I'll say this: Would it have been worse if Joel Linton missed the goal completely, or the fact that it was saved? Yeah, it would have been worse. Okay, I just want I just want to make sure we're on the same page here because I'm like yeah. the location of the shot wasn't bad. It wasn't like he hit it down the middle or anything. It's just, I mean, he hit it low and on the ground, which is supposed to be the hardest thing for a keeper to save, and he saved it. So yeah, it happens. Then uh, Abraham gets his second ball into the net for this match. Uh, Gillespie got on it, but uh, wasn't able to save it completely, just like Abraham's first goal. Um, and then. The third penalty taker was Fabian Chair, the striker that he is. And he scores. Chill. He's just chilling out there with the yeah. boys. Good pen. 2-2. Two, two. Then Sheehan comes up for Newport, makes it 3-2. Shelby steps up to the ball after. Oh, yeah, it's good. Mm, it's really good. good penalty in the corner. Now, now we now we get it going. It's Ryan Taylor. I've been in his head all week. He heard this podcast when I said he's not that Ryan Taylor. He was waiting for it. He was. He comes up, <laughs> and Mark Gillespie saves it, redeems himself, uh, and that makes it three to three. Uh, and we had our fifth penalty taker, Jacob Murphy. Uh, of all the penalty takers, Callum Wilson, I was, I was most confident. The mo- second most confident was Jacob Murphy. I, I was like, he's definitely going to drain this. Like, I just felt it. Uh, and no respect, no disrespect to, to share. I mean, Jacob Murphy's just kind of been on point so far. Uh, and he did, he drained it top corner. Uh, I was worried it might have gone a little too high, but he, he put it top corner. I have a question. Wait, we might have had a penalty shootout at some point because I feel like that wasn't the first time I'd seen Cher take a penalty, or did he just take a penalty? Something. I feel like I knew that because I felt like when I saw Cher, I was like, oh, Cher's going to nail this. Maybe I'm just like, maybe it's just like I I remember Cher scoring maybe just know so he's much. such a good striker. Yeah, yeah. like that, honestly, maybe that's what it is. I'm going to have to look this up at some point because I'm like, I was like, oh, have I seen Cher take a penalty before? Because like, why was I so confident that he was going to just like drain this penalty? Um, but yeah, I was I felt good about Murphy too. He's one of those. He had so many shots on target. He was the most confident Newcastle player out there. Yeah. Uh, that like it was it just felt like he was gonna he's gonna do that. Yep. Uh, and then Dolan steps up and with a chance to win for Newcastle if Gillespie can save this and Dolan scored to make it four four, which made it sudden death. Then we see Sean Longstaff, and he sends him the wrong way. Shawnee boy, he's ready for it. Mm. Uh, that put Newcastle up one with Newport's Cooper to come up. And then what does he do? Just rattled by the perfection that is Sean Longstaff and that penalty that he just took. Cooper skies it over the bar. And Newcastle United, yes, not Newport, Newcastle Newcastle. United are in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. They didn't make it easy. They made us stress out, but it happened. I'll give you your headline for this one. 
Newcastle rain on Rodney's parade. Yes. There it is. There's your um, headline. I have a, a great tweet about about the end of this match from, from the George Calkin. He mm-hmm. said, Jesus H. Newcastle are through. Like the absolute shit houses they have become. A terrible performance until the equalizer. A late rally. They prevail in penalties. What a nonsense team. Still better than the alternative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so true. So well spoken by old George. Elijah, just what's your overall thoughts? Are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. Uh, I mean, I guess we can talk about individual performances when we get to best and worst. But, I mean, I don't know, Greg. Do you think Newcastle played bad the whole match? Or do you think Newcastle weren't clinical enough? They weren't. What, what was the first option? Like, do you think that like, they were bad like and like not able to like control the match or were they just like not clinical with their chances? Like what, what led to oh, this no, they, going to penalties? They weren't clinical at all in the final third and they had no, they had no strategy in the final third. You can blame that on Bruce. And mm-hmm. when, when Bruce inevitably listens to this episode, uh, he can come talk to me if he has a problem with it. But yeah, the, the long ball strategy, when it's not working for 30 minutes, maybe you should try something different, but they yeah. just didn't. Uh, and that's on the manager to me, uh, but it's also on the players because when a strategy doesn't necessarily work against a club two, uh, three tiers below, you you need to fi- you need to use your abilities to beat them. And the fact that it took us eighty five minutes to score is kind of unacceptable. Well, it definitely is unacceptable. So I, I we did control the match, in my opinion. We had twenty seven shots and a large majority of possession. Ten so, shots on target. I tweeted that Bruce yeah. was going to be – Bruce was essentially, like, regardless of this, was not going to blame himself uh, because Newcastle had 27 shots on – 27 shots, 10 on target, 66% possession. So, clearly, this is not Steve Bruce's fault in his eyes. He's like, oh, hey, the boys the boys carried out the game plan. Like, we shot the ball a lot. We controlled the game. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think it was pretty evident if you're watching the match that I think the issue was just there was, like, no – I mean, it like there's no tactics really involved. I think yeah. Bruce kind of was just like, hey, like we're going to go out there, uh, like kind of like we'll play some balls up to Andy. Let's get Andy some balls. Uh, Miggy, you're going to be running with the ball. Let's do that. Yeah, that sounds good. Jacob, you know, run out the guys. Fraser, just go, you know, do create. Sean, you're a good lad. Like he was just saying just encouraging things and didn't like have a plan. And they went out there and they were like, all right, cool. And, and nothing happened. I mean, it was it was frustrating. You could tell the players were frustrated because, you know, on one hand, you have Steve Bruce telling them to hoof it forward, and then John Joe Shelby in the middle, of the, the, the middle of the pitch just yelling, like, maintain possession. And it's like, I don't know. You, someone's got to be on the same page here. Like, they weren't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Spoiler, they weren't. All right, we're going we're gonna to take a break, and then we'll get into uh, quotes, stats, and best and worst players, or best players, or whatever. Um, and we'll do that right now for Newcastle fans everywhere this is the ultimate football app for you never miss a match with live commentary goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play alrighty uh, let's get into some of these quotes glorious uh, and we love a good Steve Bruce quote. So Steve Bruce said, I have to credit Newport. You can understand now how they've beaten Watford and Swansea this year. And in the past Middlesbrough and Leeds, and they look and they took Man City all the way. They beat Leicester as well. You can understand why they're a decent football side. Congratulations to the manager and players. They threw everything at it, particularly in the last 10 to 15 minutes. It looked like we wouldn't get the breakthrough for a long time, and we understood that's our Achilles heel. We had 27 attempts on goal, 10 on target, but until you get a goal, it's always in the balance, and they got one after five minutes, which disturbs you, and it gives them even more belief than they already had. They play a certain way for a lower division team. They get the goal early, early, and as if they didn't have enough belief, that gave them even more. Uh what, what, a, what a quote. They play a certain way. Yeah. 
yeah. Oh man. Oh, oh, Stevie. There's also some very interesting things to comment in this quotes from Steepers. He said, "There's something eminent towards Rotherham with Dan Barlasar. I wish him the best of luck. I hope it goes well. He needs to go and play football. It would be wrong for me to put him back with the academy now. I didn't want to stand in his way. There's a deal to be done." <laughs> Elijah well, thinks that's hilarious. Because he's like bad. being ominous for no reason. He's like, there's something up with Rotherham and Barlazar. Like, like yeah. it's a murder mystery. It's like, dude, just be like, yeah, there's a deal in place. Looks like, 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 I don't know. You're not going to get, like, it's done at this point. And um, Barlazar is getting sold to, to Rotherham. Fee yeah. not really determined. I mean, good work here by the Chronicle. I, I know we give him a lot of crap sometimes. And fans do, but this was actually they broke this before anyone else had it. Like, like it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, that's good local local reporting there. But essentially, yeah. uh, Barlazar, he's he's coming up on his 24th birthday. Um, and you know, when you're about 24 and you're kind of stuck in at a club, uh, and you're not really getting first team minutes, like you start looking at other options. He's got a year left on his deal, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Bruce kind of felt the same. He's like, I mean, he's not in our plans. Uh, you've got not only Barlazar to kind of try to give playtime to. Don't forget, you've promised Matty Longstaff chances as well. Sean Longstaff, you've got three other midfielders as well. So, I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate. But all we know, Greg, is that there's a 50% sell-on clause. So, if Barlazar goes on to be like, you know, like England's starting holding midfielder in the 2026 World Cup, and he gets sold to Liverpool right before then <laughs> for 120 million. Actually, uh, that's a lot for midfielder. It, uh, 65 million pounds. Newcastle get 30, 32 and a half of that. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Positives. It's, yeah, that's a positive. Positives. Uh, Let's get to stats. This is how Newcastle have done all time. And Elijah, you are right. Uh, wait, no. No, we did not have. This is our first shootout that we're covering. That's a podcast. Um, the last one was against Hall City in 2016. Mm-hmm. In the League Cup. So we had this happen. This, this is our, our record in competitive shootouts. In 1970, we lost to Pesci Dosa. In 1979, we lost to the Mackhams. In 1991, we lost to Tranmere Rovers. In 1992, we lost to Burnmouth. In 1995, we lost to Chelsea. In 1998, we lost to Blackburn. In 2002, we lost to Everton. In 2003, we lost to Partizan Belgrade. Oh, in 2006, we won our first ever penalty shootout Jesus at Watford Christ. in the League Cup. And then in 2016, 10 years later, we lost to Hall City and this one. Our second ever competitive shootout win in the League Cup against Newport County. We did it. And to kind of backtrack again, uh, because I, I basically had the I could never be wrong take because I was like, We've never had a penalty shootout on this pod, but then I was like, maybe we have because Fa- I I felt confident about Fabian share. I feel like I've seen him take a penalty, and so I was going to be right regardless because I said both sides. And turns out I was I was right kind of because I forgot last year in the Nations League, Fabian share was in a penalty shootout against England, and he put one past Pickford. And that's what I'm, that's where I that's where I got that from because that was that was making the rounds on Twitter obviously yeah. for you know no reason in particular uh, just normal center back making a guy with T Rex arms look silly. <sighs> yeah, that's I, wild. Um, we suck at penalty shootouts as a club. Let's try to avoid them at, at all costs. I also did some stats for you. Not okay. only did uh, he he made a penalty in. The World Cup qualifying and oh. UEFA Champions League qualifying, two of them. And then in the Super League and two in the Super League and two in the Europa League, 
Overall, Fabian Chair is seven for nine in penalties. So, so why the hell is Matt Ritchie taking penalties and John Joe Shelby and them both them getting saved, hitting the post, like all this other crap? Like, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and like when you're when you're a keeper and Fabian Chair walks up, like how can you not just stare at him? Yeah, it's true. That's yeah. honestly what happens is the keepers kind of freeze because they're kind of locked in a gaze. He does a little smolder towards them, and then they're just like, man, what do I do? Their knees get weak. They get butterflies in their stomach. Yeah. And yeah, I mean. I'm sure it, of the two he missed, he either missed the net or the goalkeeper was also very attractive and wasn't yeah. pleased. He blocked the spell. Okay. <laughs> um, for the, the next round, the quarterfinals, of the League Cup, uh, we will – Chelsea is in, Manchester City is in, Manchester United is in, Everton is in, and uh, on Thursday we're still waiting matches between Brentford and Fulham, Aston Villa versus Stoke, and Liverpool and Arsenal. The draw will be on Thursday uh, to see what who we, we will be facing in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. You know who – you know who's going to knock us out of the Cup? Yeah, it's going to be Brentford. <laughs> or Aston Villa or something stupid like that. No, it won't be Villa. It won't be Villa. It'll be it'll be Brentford. We'll beat Stoke. I think we'll beat Stoke. We could beat Fulham. We could beat Aston Villa. Every other team, it's going to be like whatever. Yeah. But we'll and definitely lose to Brentford. My last, my last take is in our season preview, I did say that Newcastle will make it to the final four of the league cup this year it's true he did say that so it's looking pretty good yeah you want to do a best and worst player yeah i definitely do uh you want to start with worst or best uh let's start with worst Uh, andy carroll um (laughs) i think i i do think i mean and our good friend Merza said it yes it's like said it best not he didn't say yes it's very it's just like how does a guy who has zero goals in at this point we're I think like 25 or 26 appearances with Newcastle still just continue to get opportunities um I mean and like I understand playing Andy Carroll in this match um because like you know Steve Bruce definitely kind of has a little bit of a hierarchy he has forced to play Joel Linton um, but Callum Wilson is definitely a priority to keep him healthy and stuff. So you don't want to play either one of them, really, uh, especially if you're playing on using one or both of them this weekend. But, like, he has just not looked good this season. He had his one, like, just nice game against West Ham where he was, like, causing havoc. Um, and it was a bit of a shock to a lot of people, myself included, anyone who kind of really follows a club. And since then, he's been absolute just – God awful. It's been so bad. I mean, I don't know. He's lucky that Dwight Gale's injured. I mean, like, yeah, I feel like at this point, if if, like Gale starts this match over Andy Carroll, uh, probably like eight times out of 10, if he's healthy. Uh, My player and uh, well, so my worst player is Javier Manquillo. He did absolutely nothing. uh, And his, Crosses into the box were just abysmally bad. Uh, were numerous bad. times when we were when he was the one swinging the ball into the box, nobody was uh, had any chance of connecting with it. I mean, he was just miserable. Every one of his long balls was off. He just was not there. He was just not nearly good enough. The other player I, I just want to shout out, not worst player, but probably second worst for me, Miguel Almiron. Uh, that's that was not even close, and it's because of how good he is versus. Uh, your competition, that's like unacceptable to not absolutely take over this match, I think, for a player that good. So, yeah, uh, yeah, there should be some criticism held there. Uh, I would, I would say, I mean, I think Miggy was pretty bad. I think Shelby was a little bit like, I feel like he deserves all the kind of slander he was getting. And we kind of talked about that earlier. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't great at all by any means. Uh, we're kind of relying on him when we play this kind of long ball system. So, if it doesn't work, like ultimately the blame's gonna gonna kind of fall on him. Uh, but you know, it'd be yeah. like that sometimes. And I, I was a little bit disappointed with Fraser at times 
because he he had some opportunities in front of goal and just couldn't convert. And that's that's frustrating. But I mean, like it's I don't know. I I I would I would be hypocritical to be super upset with him because like I didn't really get mad at Joel Linton for doing the same thing last year. So, um, but again, it's how it is. Uh, best player, uh, who do you got? Jacob Murphy. Yeah, I'd say Jacob Murphy. Um, here here's two things for you. I've seen already on Facebook, people are saying, does Jacob Murphy deserve a run in the first team in the Premier League? What are your thoughts on that? Yes. I say no. You you don't think Jacob Murphy could do well against Burnley? I don't think he should start. If if ASM Miggy okay if it okay circumstances if ASM Miggy Fraser all healthy as well as Murphy against Burnley, I would if it was if we're choosing between Fraser and Murphy. I'm still going to lean on Fraser because of the Premier League experience. And I also just didn't think Jacob Murphy looked good against Tottenham when he came on. Like, he just – he ran at people and lost the ball. Like, he does look good against lower league sides. And we say the same thing about Joel Linton. And, I mean, and the thing about Joel Linton is that it's starting – he's starting to now look decent in the Premier League as well. But, I mean, uh, and it could be just the fact that Jacob Murphy, he, of course, he hadn't played Premier League minutes in a while. Like, it's obviously a shift. Um, but I don't know. I just I'm not comfortable with him starting a Premier League match. I still think he's a great option off the bench. Maybe one or two more performances, and I'm like, yeah, start him. But if we've got ASM and Miggy ahead now, if it's between Murphy and Richie, then I'm going to say, yeah, sure, why not? Because I don't know if if Richie's really offering us anything from a winger position anymore. But for the time being, I still think he deserves a spot in the first team. Definitely as like first sub off the bench. But I don't know if I'd start him based on what I saw against Tottenham. Now, if I'm basing it solely on lower league two opposition, then sure. Yeah. But like it's league two opposition. So. Yeah. I could not agree more with what you said there. Um, And here's the other thing. This is the other thing. Someone might've mentioned, someone mentioned this because they might be a listener um, because they, they did something. They were like, Hey, is Jacob Murphy, the new Christian Atsu? People are asking because he almost scored like six goals over the past two weeks and like like he hit the post like twice last week this one he had like two or three that should have been goals and they were just like insane saves and he finally got one through last week but i meant like reminder it took him like four shots on target and us being up a man for him to score so like yeah. and this yeah and this week like he was he had a ton of shots on target and his only goal was from uh, that penalty shootout so people are asking is he the new christian atsu wow uh okay so jacob murphy has a little bit of christian atsu in him okay uh so who scored players that got a seven or higher from bottom to top Callum Wilson, Jamal Lewis, Sean Longstaff, Federico Fernandez, Jacob Murphy, and at top with an 8.58, John Joe Shelby. How? Two goals, penalty and an actual goal. Okay. Well, that's that's weighed heavily. Yeah. I'm going to say, I don't know. I wonder if they – I wish they had, like, live ratings. So he also had he also had six key passes uh, and two shots on target and three total shots. Yeah. Sean Longstaff, five key passes. Jacob Sean Murphy, Longstaff. nine shots. <laughs> yeah. Four on that's target. Insane. That's insane. That's, Jacob Murphy had one – I was frustrated – not Jacob Murphy. I was frustrated with Sean Longstaff for one thing. There was a moment in the match where Miggy tried to play a one-two with him and Maggie kept his like kept running. It was literally like he he torched the center backs. And for some reason, Sean Longside was just like holding up the ball. Kept his like, head down. Just he, like he wasn't looking up. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Oh man, it was so it. frustrating. I was like, dude, that's that's a goal. Like yeah. he I torched the center backs. Oh man. That was the only thing about Sean Longstaff that was negative. Everything else I thought he was good. Um he actually looks quite solid in that holding midfield role. But again, like it's Sean Longstaff, we know how how good he is against lower league sides. Um, it's really just about how effective is he as a central midfielder at the Premier League level. And that's something that is going to just be something to pay attention to 
as the season goes on? Is he better as a as a as a central midfielder? Is he better as a cam? And yeah. um, we'll see. We'll see. We will. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to preview our upcoming match this weekend against Burnley. So hang on, hang tight, and we'll be right back. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, Elijah. Big one coming up. Yeah. A big one. On the 3rd of October, we have Newcastle United versus Burnley. Uh, Talk to me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned this great. This is kind of a, like, and you know, obviously, like, this cup match doesn't really instill a lot of confidence in people, and the Tottenham match and the Brighton match definitely don't instill a lot of confidence in people. But um, uh, it is worth noting Newcastle have pretty much underperformed in cup matches ever since Steve Bruce has has uh, has been here. Um, that's why last week's match was such a, a thrill for so many people. So I'm not putting a ton of stock into cup matches. Um, as it regards to Premier League performances, because Newcastle have had some absolute stinkers in the cup and then gone on to win the next weekend. So uh, that being said, this Burnley match is going to be key for like kind of like how uh, I feel Newcastle is going to do this season. Uh, if it's going to be a season where we're co- totally relying on luck, or if there's going to be some glimmer, some some glimpses of, of decent performances uh, where like Steve Roos gets either lineup right or the tactics right, because Burnley's a team that is for better or worse, like they're, they're pretty much on our level. And this season they're kind of starting off as a team that is on our level kind of started off. They, they lost, they lost to Southampton and they've, they lost I forgot who they played uh, last week, but they, they, they also, they lost last week. I think they maybe city. I don't know. They lost um, the city today. Three, nothing. Yeah. And I know they lost to Southampton. I think it was one, nothing. Um, actually I have it up now because I am smart. It's just taking oh, I have it up too. They lost one nothing to Southampton. They beat Millwall two nothing. Lost to Leicester four to two. And Drew that's what it was Leicester. So it's it's like I would expect Newcastle to lose to Leicester. Um, I would expect Southampton and Newcastle to be a pretty tight match. Um, and so I expect this one to be a tight match. Uh, Burnley, they're a team that kind of plays in a Newcastle strength because they're also not a team that creates a ton. So that if Newcastle sit back. Uh, and they can kind of win on the counter here because they have talented attacking players, in my opinion, better attacking players in Burnley on paper. So this, so Newcastle should, this should go in their favor because Burnley is going to want to sit back as well. Uh, and they're not really good at taking it to teams. Uh, so uh, this, this, this has like a, maybe a one nil or two, one Newcastle win uh, written all over it. Um but I could also see us easily drawing this as well, one-one uh, or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's uh, not a great preview. But also, Burnley are, are an interesting position because I think Tarkowski is about to get sold, or they're trying to buy Tark. Are they trying to buy Tarkowski? I can't remember. I don't know. Not sure. Okay. Yes. 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 Tartkowski is going to Leicester. Probably. That's what it is. So they're 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 um and they haven't made many signings. They made like two signings, I think, this window. So they're kind of losing big piece and then sticking and not really adding much of anything. So they're in a weird situation where I didn't really peg them to be a, a side that was going to be fighting relegation because I respect Sean Dyche as a manager and they've always kind of been able to keep it together and, and just be a solid defensive team. Uh, but this. This is an interesting situation they're in, uh, losing one of their best defenders and then not really like having time to replace said defender because uh, the window ends like next week. So, um, well, I guess they could buy British, but I mean, you're overpaying at that point. So yeah. why would you do that? Uh, so, yeah, anyway, um, I don't know. I don't really have any other thoughts on Burnley. Uh, I mean, I'll probably Chris release Wood. the preview. Yeah. Chris Wood. Thank you. Yeah, Chris Wood. He He plays there. Yeah, Chris Wood. Uh, um, he has one injuries? goal of the season. Jimmy Dunn has another oh. goal uh, okay. for Burnley. But they also don't have any points on this season. They're sitting at 18th in the table. Uh, we're up in comfy 10th, four points ahead. And 
Uh, for me, I am saying that this one will end up in your good old second straight, third straight, if you count this match today on Wednesday, uh, 1-1 draw. Yeah. Um, um, I guess 538, uh, real quick, Elijah, just to get this out of the way, uh, it says 538 mm-hmm. is in Newcastle's favor here. So 538 says oh, Newcastle will have a, a 38% chance to win. Uh, Burnley has a 34% chance to win and a 28% chance of a draw between the two. Go ahead, Elijah. I was just going to say, like, just quick injury update. Uh, don't think Karen Clark's going to play. Dwight Gale, obviously not playing. Dubrovka, not playing. Matt Ritchie, definitely not playing. Uh, <laughs> Matty Longstaff, I still think he's out. I haven't seen him in training. I think Bruce said they were trying to work on getting him back to training. Dumb at not playing. Don't know about Alan St. Maxman. Right now, I'd say, I think I'm saying doubtful, but I, I mean, I'm sure that we'll know closer to the match. And then for Burnley, they'll probably be missing Ben Mee and Jack Cork and Jay Rodriguez, which is interesting because, I mean, those are all pretty solid players for them. Uh, Jay Rodriguez has given us a little bit of trouble in the past, uh, either coming off the bench or he's, he started a couple against us as well. So, um, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, all right. Well, you got anything else, Elijah? No. Uh, apologies for that that small mishap during the uh, Burnley uh, preview where I just, like, didn't have their, their stats up. Because I had them up and then I didn't have them up. So, oh, shout out to me good. for – for stinking um yeah excited uh is this the last match before international break it is whoa yeah last one Jeez, didn't see that coming <laughs> even though we talked we definitely talked about this yesterday yeah 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 did. so yeah. yeah we definitely did <laughs> all righty well that's going to conclude our newport county recap and burnley preview i'm your host greg troxel that's the best name calls in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this is the most beautifully composed piece of music ever composed in coming home to Newcastle. And on let's get let's get three points this weekend. Okay. And away for last. But I wish I was looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again, I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're forty, and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity, and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wedding. I've walked the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how we I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Jody heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the darkness in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London way. Walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river tonight I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother seeing any away I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again 